0: Hello and welcome to That One Case, the podcast where lawyers share stories of the cases that influence their careers. My guest today is Paul Campson, partner at Campson and Campson in New York. Paul is a trial lawyer, uh, specializing in personal injury, toxic torts, construction accidents, workers' compensation, and uh, a lot more. He has been uh, rated a super lawyer for the past six years, one of the top attorneys in Metro New York, and a Lawyers of Distinction member. And on today's show, Paul tells us about a case that would prove to be a turning point in his career. He shared with us the importance of communication, both inside and outside the courtroom. And he reveals a simple trick for new lawyers to remember uh, to give their cross examinations more punch.
1: Here in New York, there was a uh, massive uh, construction project to erect a new Department of Motor Vehicles building in Queens. My client was a uh, union plumber. 30 years in the business well regarded by his peers, it had been a foreman, had been a shop steward, you know, had really done everything. He actually was was uh, overseas in Bahrain doing a lot of work, uh, you know, so he was a very experienced guy. And it turned out when I finally got the call from one of his sons saying, hey, can you speak to my father? He had this accident. Uh, it struck me because I was about eight years as an attorney, as a personal injury attorney. And okay. these are people I grew up with. His father coached me. I was uh, in one of the son's wedding parties. And they didn't fully understand that I was a personal injury attorney and should have come to me first. And that is what I'm talking about, about communication. That was really poor communication on my part. It's always your fault if somebody's not getting your message
0: clear about what you do yeah. you, you have
1: to take ownership right if a jury's not understanding what my client's going through it's my fault it's not the jury's fault and this thing as a bad jury It's a it's a lawyer communicating poorly to a jury and so what what happened is my uh, friends had gone to two other local attorneys like uh, walked into a real estate uh, attorney's office told them about the case that did nothing there you know went mm-hmm. to another lawyer who did some personal injury but was afraid to take on a big labor law construction case against these massive contractors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, international corporations. Uh, and they finally came to me and I said, wait, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. There's a whole litany of things we have to do here. Yeah. You know, this is a union job clearly. So there's OSHA reporting requirements. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you have to delve into. And after, you know, over three years of pretty hard fought litigation, uh, we got a seven-figure uh, settlement for our client, and uh, we had to take uh, a, a liability verdict in New York in Queens, the Second Department. We, we have a bifurcated trial system, which means you have two mini trials rather than one long trial. So, right. whereas normally a trial would be, you know, from the date of the accident, how the accident happened, to all through your medical treatment and so forth. In in Queens, and for this case, we had a bifurcated trial system, which means you try liability first. And mm-hmm. only if you win liability do you go on to damages. Okay. So it's it's a tough system for plaintiffs because the jury never hears your client's injuries. So that you take away any kind of sympathetic uh, leanings of a jury where a jury could say, mm-hmm. well, I'm not sure who's at fault, but wow, the client really suffered. So let's give him something. That That part is completely removed. So they just mm-hmm. hear what my client did, what they did, assign fault and that's it. And if they assign no fault, you go home. Your injuries never come into play. They never hear anything. So we had to take a liability verdict and the jury found for us 100% against the defendant. And then uh, we had a day uh, off and then we opened uh, on damages. And Mm -hmm. right after we opened, before I put my client back on the stand now to talk about his injuries, they conveyed a seven figure settlement offer to us, which uh, my client accepted and we closed the case.
0: So so tell me, this is eight years into your career as a practicing lawyer. Yes. Um, A lot of learnings happened here, I'm sure. So tell me, like, what 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 do you think you kind of your major takeaways from this kind of big win
1: from a, from a personal uh, point of view and from a business and marketing point of view? These <laughs> were people I was very close with and they they knew I was an attorney. They, they knew me when I went through law school. They they yeah. knew everything about me, but they didn't understand the specific area that I was in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, so that was really, really poor communication, and poor marketing on my, on my behalf. You just, sure. sometimes you just assume uh, people know.
0: Right. You know, uh, maybe you independent already, by the way, uh, I guess that's important as well. Like so just no, um, or... this was the
1: last case I had with a firm that I was involved in. Okay. And then based on that settlement, I was able to uh, strike out on my own. And fantastic. Um, yeah, you kind of parlayed the winnings into uh, my own firm.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, so a pr- pretty important case in your career, really, then I guess it, it
1: really was. And, and it came at a point where I had, you know, um, I had been married for six months, you know. Uh, so there it was, it was a lot going on. Um, but, uh, you know, again, these. My friends didn't. Re- they knew I was an attorney um, and they they would have called me up maybe for a real estate closing, which I don't do. Maybe okay, to draft yeah. a will for them, which I don't do. Uh, <laughs> but they didn't call me for an accident, which I do do. You know, so right. it, it, so the communication uh, can't be stressed enough. You know, yeah. it may be like, you know, maybe some of your family and friends know you have this great podcast. But, you know, maybe they want you to have an exercise fitness uh, person right. on. And, and it's right. not what you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. yeah. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Uh, and so. um yeah, what has what that what has that done for the rest of your career, do you think, having started out on your own and and really kind of and, and how do you feel that you've um sort of adapted your communication now that you kind of have your own practice and 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 I guess once once it's your own practice, it's really on you, right? Like you've gotta you've gotta own that communication piece um yeah. first and foremost.
1: Sure. You know, it was really uh rewarding, Harry, because it was the first case that I literally took from inception, mm-hmm. like I went to my friend's house, signed them up. you know took down the information did the depositions did all the paper and then tried the case got the verdict um so uh what it what it did again to highlight the importance of communication uh thereafter once you do a trial or two you understand the importance of communication at every step of the lawsuit Mm -hmm. so since then if i'm in a deposition and I get an answer that is really helpful mm-hmm. to to my client. Um, a lot of younger lawyers would harp on it, okay. and 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 then all of a sudden they unring the bell, if you will, mm-hmm. right? You you've got your smoking gun answer. Move on, right? Okay, right. So if it's a car accident case, and and the uh, the other driver said, "Well, I never saw your client. He came out of nowhere." We we know, you know. By the law of physics, that's impossible. You had to have seen them. And there's a jury charge saying, as a driver, you're charged to see what's there to be seen. Mm -hmm. So if you get that answer in a deposition, move on, right? Because you know how you're going to plug that in at a trial a year from now. Right. But younger lawyers tend to be like, well, and you didn't see him at all. And then really, you didn't see him. And then all of a sudden, the answer is like, well, I did see him for a couple of seconds. And then now, all of a sudden, your great answer is weakening you've
0: got it um, yeah, okay. it's mitigating
1: you know and and it's not helpful get what you want and move on
0: what a great story a happy verdict a few important life lessons and the resources to start his own firm i uh, don't think paul could have asked for a better outcome my big thanks to paul for sharing his story with us today if you want to find out more about him and Campson and Campson, you can find all the links in the show notes over at that one And if you enjoyed today's episode, please do share it with someone you think would also find it interesting. All the details on how to follow the show are at thatonecase.com. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you again next time as Ziad Nakasha tells us the story of That One Case.